Well, hello everybody. This is Hal. And this is Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. You know, today we have had the very great privilege of being in the home of some of our dear friends, Roger and Jan Smith of Louisiana. Some of you guys may have already met them through the dedication to our book, Love, Honor, and Virtue. Mm-hmm. They are why we got that book finished. Do you remember that, Hal? Well, they were. They have been friends for some years now, and they knew that we were working on this project and were getting mired down in it, and they invited us sometime back said, look, we have a cabin on our property. Okay, let, let's be really honest here. Yes. They kidnapped us. I yeah. think, well, <laughs> I would say we were willing victims. This is not a Stockholm-centric it, thing. It, I mean, it, we were, it was kidnapping by mutual consent. <laughs> I think that's fair. <laughs> they told us we needed to finish that book, and they invited us to their home, mm-hmm. their home ranch, and yeah. to sent us down to the Cajun cabin mm-hmm. and said, you guys stay down there till you get that book written. And they fed us and so, entertained our kids. Here's, here's cold drinks and a bag of chocolate. Y'all sit in here and write. And entertained the kids so well that now the first question I ask at the start of every conference season is, are we going to the Smiths? Yes. Well, yes. okay. So they are dear friends, and they are co-laborers in a good fight for biblical family principles and practical application. And so, um, well, Tonight, yes. we were playing a game together, just their mm-hmm. family and ours. We were playing um, gestures. It's a, a rapid-fire charades game, and we were having so much fun. We were all laughing hysterically. Mm-hmm. And we are thinking about what an important thing that is, what an important thing it is to have fun. So, Roger and Jan, welcome to the program. Thank you. We're, we're delighted to be a part. Great. Your kids were very impressive, I might say. <laughs> and that's that's why I made that comment, because it's amazing how those teenagers between 10 and 18 could interface with us as adults and could tit for tat right there with us, you know, being able to, to do some really impressive charades and come up with some great guesses and... Children can do things, and and they can be fun to be around. They really can. I I wish people could really grasp that, that having fun with your family can genuinely be fun. Right. Right. It's not just doing your family duty. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think a lot of, there's there's so much value in shared experiences, and I I think it's important that we make a conscious effort to share things because more and more we're isolating ourselves. I mean, more and more people are buried in their, their laptops, in their phones. They they have this individualized system of work and entertainment. But even so, when we're home... Even when we're together, we're not really interacting. Together. You're watching your movie, I'm watching my movie, the kids are watching their movies. Yeah. That we're not having any, any of those shared experiences. And, you know, that's why I love reading aloud in audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Because it allows us to have the experience to experience the book together as a family. Mm-hmm. Now, you guys are the same way, right? We, we've uh, done a lot of things together, but, you know, uh, it, it all was rooted in the idea that we wanted to have relationships with our children that wouldn't end your time. And uh, we really asked, began to ask the question, how will they remember us whenever they are grown and adults themselves? And, mm-hmm. and so um, we strategically did some things that would leave positive marks and not just controlling, you know, yes. uh, trying to control their world or things, but mm-hmm. but to actually build a positive uh, relationship. And that's how we came up with this whole idea of having fun together as a family. And, and, and of course, it's not a new idea. It's just that yeah. yeah, we kind of uh, applied it in our family. But it, it has a lasting effect because yeah. I saw tonight on Facebook, 
one of my friends, an acquaintance, asked, you know, my my married kids don't want to come back and visit, and I feel so sad. Is that your experience? And I had to be really cautious about how I answered because my kids love to come back and visit. They feel so sad if they if they can't come home for a family birthday. You know, they, they don't want to miss the fun. Well, one of the things we do on birthdays is we always try to honor some, that person who it was their birthday. I know y'all allow people to choose the meals, but mm-hmm. we've always done the um, the go around the table and everyone say what it is they value about We that do that person. too. I and didn't know anybody else did child, You know, they don't want that to be missed. That's an important thing, and they'll help people even redirect the conversation like, let's get back on topic, uh, me, you know. It's well, not a selfish thing, but it is a time yeah. where they are honored and they are valued. And yeah, there's a saying: uh, what people really appreciate is being appreciated. Yeah, and that's one of the things that we do. The birthday blessing, like that. And so, uh, we just, well, what do we appreciate? One we do it for everybody in the family, including us, right? Including that's right. grandparents. And I've got to say, some of those are some of the things that. My, the kids or hell have said on my birthday are some of my most treasured memories. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the things I have t- just tucked away in my heart. And I want my kids to have a lot of those. Absolutely. And, and they do make a lasting impression, Ellen, because all of our kids, they're now between, we have four. We homeschooled them from the beginning through mm-hmm. high school. They all went to college and now are adults. And mm-hmm. when they come back home, though, Sitting around the table is something that is, it, it may be two hours after the table, yes. is at, the meal is actually finished, because from the time they were very, very small, Roger read aloud every evening, and and it was, you know, whatever we were reading, if it was the secret garden, then the message on the phone was said in English, uh-huh. and, and in an English. English accent. We don't... Oh. <laughs> With an English accent, excuse me. <laughs> but we just had so many, and some of the things that even now they refer to, like, our daughter has her own business, and she does. She's a leather designer out of New Orleans, and you know she's she's redoing some things, and it's growing and expanding. And you know when we got ready to finish, Roger said, "Keep it up, chief. Keep it up." From yeah. the chief, and the, and it just you know it, it, there are things that are precious to us and to them yes. that are. She knew exactly what that meant. It may be hard right now, but persevere. Keep going. Because it's been something that whenever we were doing working together, and if you have fun together, you can also make working fun in whatever family activity you're doing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he would say, keep it up, keep, keep it up. <laughs> and he would walk yes. by. Just little things that are part of our family legacy. Of our shared family culture. Yes. One of our kids yes. calls it the family canon. The things yeah. that everybody yeah. in the family has read the that C- we all share. Yeah. The C-A-N-O-N. That's yes. Not the kind that goes boom, but the, okay. it's like these are the, the canonical works. These are the canonical thoughts of our family. The, you know, the shared memories, the shared. You didn't live that too educated for me. Well, <laughs> but you know, that, that idea that, yeah, there's these secret messages. Yeah. Yeah, the, the things that we just, we say a phrase and everybody knows what we're talking about. That's right. It's like a family shibboleth. You know, mm-hmm. like in the, right. in the Old Testament, where they could tell who was from a certain tribe because they spoke differently than everyone else. Right, right. So, you know, we were just talking about that this evening, that, you know, it was it was a good time that we've spent together as two families. But it's something that, 
your family has a tradition of doing. Our family does it at different times, you know, and, you know, sometimes of the year it's all the work. We're all pulling together on the wagon and other times of the year it's, it's vacation time and we're spending time to, to read, to share with one another, you know, even just common things like a regular bedtime story, you know, that, that I picked that back up with our, with our two youngest and they're not that young anymore, but it's become a tradition that bedtime I'm reading a book with them and, you know, we've read through some some classic books that I didn't read when I was a child. And I'm thinking, well, wow, that's really a pretty good book. We just read Heidi, and I'm thinking, I never read that as well, a child. See, I read it with the older children. Okay. Well, and now you're reading it with the younger ones. That's yeah. really neat. Yeah, so so it's good. It's been good. So, so but, one, one of the other things I would tag on to that is mm-hmm. uh, uh, one thing that bound us together was we would have some family jokes. Mm-hmm. And the tagline or the punchline in those jokes would be those instant connections, too, is that sometimes yes. whenever a situation would happen, mm-hmm. is that we would just say the punchline, and everybody was instantly on the same page, or it would diffuse the tension, because then we had the we had the a positive memory of the story, and then when we were a little bit tense with one another, we throw in the punchline, and everybody goes, takes a breath, and goes, okay, yeah. yes. let's lighten up here. Well, it's one of the things, you know, I... I had the privilege of speaking at their church this past weekend, and one of the points we were talking about was um, uh, how your relationships are built up moment by moment. And, you know, one of the things I didn't bring out in the study that I was referencing, they were looking for moments of humor between married couples. And they said that was a real indicator that when, even when they're under stress, when they're having an argument, humor would work into the conversation somehow. And that was a good sign of a healthy relationship that, you're going to have disagreements, but if you can still smile, if you can still laugh, if you can lighten up in the midst of your stress. Where you're laughing together, right. not making fun of one another. Right, right. That that's a good, healthy relationship. And that applies to your kids as well as your, your mate, you know. Absolutely. So. I think as homeschool moms, sometimes we get, we're so concerned about giving them our best and getting it all done and doing being faithful and true and mm-hmm. honest and Disciplined and diligent, and all oh, of those yes. difficult words. The good so things. We forget to enjoy yes. our children, and that when we're doing something in in the day, you have good days and bad days, and that's the reality of it. Mm-hmm. And just like in relationships, you do. Right. But I think as moms that we need to be careful that if we're having a really stressful day, maybe instead of pressing through and saying, "By golly, we're going to finish this," we need to stop and play a game. Yes. Do something different. To yes. take a breath and change tactics. You know, if you're just going into the wind, push, 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 maybe you need to tack and yes. go a little different direction for a little while and then come back toward the wind. Oh, that is a and good so illustration. And so we just need to sometimes stop and if you don't want to read a book, play a game because they're learning things. Even when you're playing games, if they're little even playing old maid, they're learning to make yes. pairs. That's math. They're, mm-hmm. There's so much they can even, learn by playing games, even if it's not the curriculum. Even what, even watch a movie and talk about it. Absolutely. You know, yeah. something low stress, something fun, something to rebuild the shared experience. Because one of those things about relationships are built in the moments is that it takes a lot of little moments to build up your relationship bank account. Yeah. And yeah. you can draw it down pretty severely in one bad in- interaction. <laughs> so you've got to be careful to constantly be building up that relationship bank account. But that's the encouraging thing. It's it's little things. It's little things, things count. 
it's not like, well, I'm going to have to learn a, a new language or something to, to really score points with my kids, but rather to say, I just need to remember always to, to come back with a positive response where I can to, to interact and, and to make eye contact and not to you know brush them aside. And that's something you get a dozen times a day to do. And if you miss one, say, oh, I, I missed that one. I'll get the next one. And, you know, it's something that you, you can build up without feeling like I have to make this huge investment before I see any effect at all. Yeah, you know, one thing I wish I'd, that I had known when our older children were young mm-hmm. is that nobody really cares if you finish the third grade math book. <laughs> I have a doctorate, and I have never finished a book. <laughs> never. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, it, the finishing the book is way overrated. Well, I was so stressed. I, I just remember, see, I just finished the third grade book with one child. And the actually, this was the fourth grade book. But I remember finishing the third grade book with our oldest and being completely stressed out. We were behind. We were trying to do several lessons a day. And I was forcing him through all this work that he already knew how to do. I said, behind what? To, just behind to, who? And yes. who says it's this... Well, and, out there, this whole ethereal standard. And somehow I thought he had to finish all those worksheets. And yeah. it, it was a horrible time, and it, it really marred what should have been a very fun trip for yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Versus with our eighth child, I just finished that same book with her, and we and I wanted to, to go through the concepts in the end of the book because she's very mathematically astute. Mm-hmm. But I just we I'd go over the lesson with her and we talk about it. I realized she knew it and move shock on. of shocks. I just skip the problem set. Move on, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. because she knew it all and she yeah. could do it. And why should we suffer through it? That's the advantage of homeschooling is to be able to have the discernment to be able to see where your child is and what they need, and the flexibility and freedom to make a decision to go to the next level with them mm-hmm. and. You know, that can be done with games even. There yes. are so some fun math games out there. There are just there are other ways to do it besides finishing that set of word problems. Now, do I think they need math? Yes, yes, absolutely. And they need lots of practice. They do. They need lots of practice. But we need to have the confidence in our own judgment to say, this child needs more practice. Let's do some worksheets. This child has got it. Why in the world should I waste her time and mine? Mm-hmm. Doing this when we can do something, have fun together, make memories together, or learn something new together. Yeah. Well, look, let's take a little quick break here for a word from our sponsor, and then we'll be right back. We want to invite you to come check out craftsmancrate.com. Mm-hmm. That is our subscription box, mm-hmm. the subscription box that builds your skills. It has it teaches you artisanal skills, real-life adult skills that you use for hobbies the rest of your life. Oh, we've had things like we had, we had a box to teach wood carving. We had a box to calligraphy. teach calligraphy. We've got a really neat one coming out this month. And, and so, yeah, if you want to, want to know some more about this, trust me, you want to know you some do. more about this, yeah, go to craftsmancrate.com, and you can find out all about it there. Craftsmancrate.com. All right, well, welcome back. We are talking with Jan and Roger Smith. They are longtime homeschool leaders, homeschool parents with four adult graduates, and good friends of ours. We're just talking about the blessing of having fun with your family. 
I mean, just how important it is to build a relationship, particularly in a time when people are so distracted and so compartmentalized in their activities and in their entertainment and how they just spend their time. I'll tell you, number one, hmm? you got to lay down your phone um, yeah. and be with them. close your laptop and be actually brain on with them, to be present in your spirit and in your soul and your mind and not just in your body. And it's hard. I know it's hard. We work on our computers. It's hard to put that away. We were saying just today, we, we have a swimming pool, and believe it or not, the kids were in the pool today, even though it's early spring. <laughs> it was and plenty warm, y'all. Don't panic. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, we are in the south, the deep south. Yeah, they finally quit shivering. But with the importance of the mother getting in with them and swimming. Yes. You know, at any age, they really like to have you with them. Mama, look at me. Watch me, Mama. Yes. Whether it's 2 or 12, yes. you know, look how yep. big my splash was. That being with them and the activities that they're doing, not just go play a game. You know, I, I'm not opposed to kids. We talk about computer games as one of the options, but there really are a lot of educational games. And if you've got something you've got to be on that computer for for a little while, then you pull out your laptop and let them play something like Shepard Software. Right. Or, you know, there are all kinds of computer type things that they can even if your children don't know how to learn to type teach them how to type using the game mm -hmm. oh you know there are a lot of software for free that you can oh, do I remember those, yeah. correct yes. typing that yeah. where yeah. they learn and it's still a game so there are game options for them but i, I like to think of doing things with them even music mm -hmm. you yes. know today the kids were singing with me around yes. the piano and old songs new songs patriotic songs Yes. Children's songs, worship songs, all of those things. Now, I've got to say something about important. that because I am the least musically talented person in our family. I mean, I'm in a family of singers and musicians <laughs> that I, you know, we have one son taught himself to play like 12 instruments. And it was hard for me to realize that my children did not care one bit whether I was on key or not, they wanted Mama to sing with them. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I've taught them all. We, we did a hymn of the week for many years. We'd sing yeah. the same mm -hmm. hymn every day yeah. for a week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. all teach these, through the theology. Yes, yeah. yes, teach through it. We did. We sang all the children's songs. We learned all the folk songs. And once I got over my pride issue, at feeling like I was, I was the only one who couldn't stay in tune, then we had so much fun together with music. Well, you know, there's, I, I can't remember which group it is, but there's a, a foster parenting group or a, a mentoring group or something that for, you know, adults to mentor disadvantaged children. I can't remember who it was, but that one of their taglines is, is, you know, emphasizing you don't have to be a perfect parent to be a perfect foster parent or to be a perfect adoptive parent. And, you know, we need to give ourselves that same grace to say, our kids are not looking for us to be superstars. They're looking for us to be mom and dad and be ready and accessible to them. To be there. To be there. But there are adaptions. I totally agree with that. But yeah. one of the adaptions that I've worked with a group of young moms, and mm -hmm. there comes a point where you stop listening to your music mm -hmm. and you transgress into kids' music. You yes. Know, the we sing or the, yeah. the children's. All those yep. little songs, you know, which you need, by the way, folks. Yes. <laughs> the um, there's just so many um, Steve yeah. Green's, hide them in your heart. Yeah, you know, scripture songs, or, or, Miss or, Patty Cake. 
something. Yeah. She's great for, for little bitty ones and oh. salty. Oh. All, all, there's so many little children, and then it progresses into older kid songs, and mm-hmm. there's so many ways of learning things through songs. Y'all may well, you know that on your you, travel, oh. on your travel. Oh. Yeah. 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 Well, you, you know what? My favorite. My favorite is the Lyrical Life Sciences. Did you get, ever have those? Uh-oh. Oh, Lord, oh they're fantastic. Roger, you, how did you miss this, brother? I'm, I'm an uncultured on it. Oh, gosh. It's, I know Carol Barnier has a lot of um, ditties. Oh, yeah. the, the Lyrical Life Science teaches biology through folk songs. Huh. Oh, bacteria, so simple and so small. Yeah. Oh, have fun. <laughs> yeah. Viruses cause many different infectious diseases. Influenza, common colds with fevers, coughs and sneezes. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> you just learn so much in that, and, and it's funny because it's familiar. Where do you find that? Oh, you have to look it up. It's called I'll send you a Lyrical link. Life Sciences, but... Um, Anyway, I learned more biology from those cassettes. Yeah, cassettes. I learned more biology from them. <laughs> than what I a yeah. They are in CD form now, people. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're, well, they're, I have my grandchildren, Hugh Henley's mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. Circle of Songs. Okay. Um, Kathy Lee told me about that. Yeah. And, and we love the Music Master CDs oh. that, that would tell you the life story of composers and then okay, give you larger portions of their work. And play it with the music. Oh, our older kids learn to love classical music with those CDs. Yeah, yeah. And and I've shared some of the fun things of my past. You know, we when I was a teenager, our particular area of North Carolina listened to what we call beach music. It was music from the six fifties and sixties. Mm-hmm. And I've shared that with my kids and taught them how to dance swing, and we've had a great time. Yeah, yeah. They danced some today when I was playing piano. We loved that. So, okay, so what other suggestions you got? Because you'll talk about this at homeschool events and conferences. You know, one thing that I, I think that is very helpful for moms to get uh, overwhelmed or they're busy and they need the children to go and play for a while. And sometimes the smaller children need things that you just have ready, waiting in the wings to say, uh, go play with mm-hmm. X, Y, or Z. And one of the things that we did was a dress-up trunk. And oh, yes. we, we, um, we have this uh, old trunk that... We began gathering, um, whether it was Halloween costumes or dance outfits or different things. Every time we found something, we thought this could be reused and a kid will pull it on. We threw it in the dress-up trunk. There's yes. shoes and their purses and their hats and all kinds of things. So mm-hmm. gathering a bunch of things like that, even uh, Jan, whenever our daughter was about six or seven or eight, uh, Jan talked to high school seniors and girls that were going off to college and said, what are you doing with your prom dresses? Instead, they said uh, they were just hanging in the closet. Said, oh, their sweetheart banquet. You yes. see, they yeah. had sweetheart yeah. banquets yeah. when the yeah. junior high girls so, yeah. you can go, dress. You can go buy them at thrift stores for 5 that's or $10 right. yeah. Yeah. Right. and make a princess gown like a real princess gown. Right. Mm-hmm. And so something like that. They can do the dress up. You know, uh, I, I want to say something about that before mm-hmm. we go any further because mm-hmm. I frequently have mothers of boys come to me concerned. And oh. they say... My son put on my, my, my pajamas, my lingerie, and, and do you think do you think he, he maybe maybe he's a girl trapped in a boy's body or maybe he has gender confusion? I say, No. That's the fanciest thing he could find. And he's just intrigued that it's silky and it's fancy and it feels rich. Instead go buy him a velvet king's robe. Yeah. And if he wants to play with your jewelry, Get him a king's crown mm-hmm. because he just he's intrigued by the luxuriousness of it. So direct him to something that's going to build him up instead of make him feel insecure. Yep. 
So it, whenever they're small, they're not trying to express any kind of gender thing. They're just seeing something that's uh, curious to them, and, and it's, it doesn't really mean that much. So yeah. I think having the variety in the dress-up trunk, and they will yes. naturally choose things, and mm-hmm. it, it's not it's mm-hmm. not a big deal. The other thing that uh, is helpful, one of our friends has a, what she calls a rice box. That She has these long boxes that slide under a bed, and it's filled with... Uh, rice or beans uh-huh. and they'll have funnels and cups and different things and, and the beauty. sheet down under it and they can uh-huh. play. Great a small idea. child can play for a long time. So she colors things. her rice. You don't have to even color it but they mm-hmm. just like pouring and handling and it's texture and they, so it's things like that that uh, so having that ready um, mm-hmm. and so uh, another thing that she did was baking soda and vinegar and had, letting them just make fizzy things. Do yes. that outside. Yes. You know, naturally you wouldn't want to do yeah. that. Uh, yeah, in your yeah, living room, yeah. it'd be all over everywhere. But just letting them. I think part of it is just not being afraid of the mess. Yeah. Because I remember dreading Play-Doh because of having to clean it up, and we just, I just, I finally decided this is stupid. They begged me to play with Play-Doh, and my instinct was to say, "Oh no, what's like that?" So I said, "Well, sure, we can play with it as long as we get it entirely cleaned up. Mm-hmm. We got it in, if we get it yeah. entirely cleaned up, we can play with it again tomorrow." Right, right. Well, good they have it. the they have these vinyl tablecloths now yes. that you can buy by the yard oh. at Walmart or anywhere that has fabric. They have all different types of little vinyl things that that have a vinyl place that you put out on the yes. end of the or, table. Or an old shower curtain that is has been torn and there you can't use it anymore. But you it know makes what? A great tablecloth. You know what I discovered with my youngest? This mm-hmm. is the awesomest thing. You can go buy a whole stack of huge. Plastic tablecloths at Dollar Tree for a buck each. Right, oh, yeah. right. And, and for a right. dollar, I could spread that thing out, cover half of the living room, let yeah. them do whatever they wanted to, and then gather the corners and throw it in the garbage. That's right. Not yeah. even feel guilty. Yeah. Mm. That rocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what else you got over there for us? I think that organizations helped us to do some fun things with our kids mm-hmm. that we wouldn't have done otherwise. Yeah. Like we did Scouts and 4-H and... Um, several different types of situations that I don't think I would have ever taught my daughter to sew if she hadn't been in a competition that I needed to teach her to sew or some of the cooking things that I did with them that became an activity because of an organization. And so um, not every family can do those things, but we live in a very rural area and it was something our homeschool group did together and I found that helpful. If I wanted to teach them first aid, then they got a scout badge for it. Double doing something they needed to learn anyway and making it be a part of a fun group. Oh, competition is so motivational for boys. We found that too, that we do history club where they could compete for for prizes, 4-H and just Mm -hmm. that that little added incentive of you can win a ribbon, you can win $5 or $10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and letting their peers be the motivation because they want to, one, they want to appear good before their peers. They also want to win the prize. And it's no longer us driving, you know, driving them to excellence. They're driving themselves because, you know, they're... Well, we had the, 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 one that, the one that for me was the most amazing was um, our young guys got involved in a project to do a just a little documentary video yeah. about get this, about the ratification of the Constitution by the delegates from North Carolina. That's my kind of learning. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. this is for, this is sponsored by the, by the North Carolina History Museum. You know, how are you going to motivate a 10-year-old boy to do the research and figure out how they dressed 
so that they can get their actors costumed right in 1790. You know, how, how can you motivate them? Or you tell them, hey, there's a prize at the end of it if you do it well. It's incredible the things yeah. they'll dig out. Yeah. So, well, like last year, I told our kids, I said, I'd like to find something to compete in at the state fair. And I got in the premium book, and they started looking through it. And one of our teenagers said, what is a true pound cake? I said, oh, that's the old-fashioned kind that didn't use baking powder or baking soda. Well, he started doing research. He started watching YouTube, YouTube videos, doing all kinds of reading about it. And then he started experimenting. And he... Oh, oh, those were good days. So those, those were, were good days. <laughs> those were good days. <laughs> but he we gave him a lot of encouragement to practice. Well, yes, we did. Yeah. Practice makes perfect. But then yeah. he won number one in the state of North Carolina for his true pancake recipe. And but it, it sparked so much interest in so many different areas as he was researching that it was fascinating. And he's done some incredible cooking just on his own. He just said, Hey, I'd like to try this and he's he's found that he likes doing this and it's something that's developed up, and the whole family enjoys it, and we all cheer for him because we do enjoy what he cooks. So and there's a sure. legacy for that. Mm-hmm. One day that he may make that pound cake mm-hmm. a long time, or that will always be his pound cake. Yeah, you know, that's right. I'm just, next week I'm having the state. We're having the state judges come to for Winsboro's Clean the City competition mm-hmm. in Garden Club, and I'm having them all for lunch. I'm going to do. Emily, who is our daughter, mm-hmm. her cat, her state-winning catfish dish. Oh, and cool! It's, uh, it's just oh, funny Lord. because she goes, "Oh, you're doing my catfish." So yeah. she's 34. So it really does leave a legacy. It leaves a mark, and it was just fun us coming up with this recipe. You know, Wait. one thing I want to uh, mention along that line is that sometimes uh, the games help us to identify what our children's gifts and strengths are, and one thing that happened with Emily is that she always wanted to cut out the paper doll. Mm-hmm. She, she, her passion was to take some scissors and cut, cut, mm-hmm. cut, cut. And you know what she does today? She is a fashion designer and she is cutting the <laughs> leather and she is fashioning things. And mm-hmm. so, um, sometimes the games that you play with your children will reveal their giftings. And so pay attention whenever they're playing. That, you know, that's such a good point, you know, because in, in a lot of ways, play is, Play is really practice for adulthood for kids. You know, they're imagining themselves in different roles. And just like, you know, your daughter with her paper dolls, I mean, that's how young girls learn to sew is making clothing for their dolls. And then you just say, okay, now scale this up for a big size person. And, you know, boys building birdhouses end up to be building the tool shed and doing the kind of work, you know. So those those little projects that your kids are doing have long-term impact. And they learn things like handling setbacks. Because sometimes you win it, and sometimes it turns, and somebody else wins. And mm. you have to learn to be a graceful loser. And even though sometimes... And a graceful winner. And a graceful mm. winner. And she's not very good yeah. at either one of those things. But <laughs> <laughs> one of those things we talked about. She she's was. a lot better than she was. But there was a day one yeah. time when she picked up the whole board game, and she started losing and threw it in the air. So that's kind of a family memory of all of us, is that she's come a long way, baby. Well, you know, we're about out of time, but... I think that when you say it has lasting impact, we've talked about how it can have an educational impact, a career choice impact, mm-hmm. memories, but I think the most lasting impact is spiritual. That when we connect with our kids, when we build a relationship with our kids, the Lord is so often pleased to use that in their spiritual life. Well, I think it was to draw the, him to himself. I think it was Theodore Kuyper, the, the Dutch theologian and political leader, who said that 
that any of those threads that draw our children's hearts back to home are likely to be the same threads that lead them to heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's because that's drawing them back to the place where they have first heard the gospel. If we as Christian parents are doing our job and sharing that with our kids. The reality is there's going to be things that they don't learn because mm-hmm. we can't teach them everything. No. Right. But we can teach them that we love them, that mm-hmm. we enjoy them, and that we want to be with them. Amen. Yeah. Well, y'all, it has been a blessing talking to you tonight. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being on our show. Thank you for having us in your wonderful home. Our pleasure. And, yeah. and look, we thank you for inviting us into your home or at least into your ears um, <laughs> we try to bring this to you every week where we talk about biblical principles and how to apply them in 21st century families until next time i'm him and i'm melanie thanks for listening bye y'all bye-bye you've been listening to making biblical family life practical with hal and melanie young if you found this program interesting challenging and encouraging why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com that's h-a-l-a-n-d M-E-L-A-N-I-E dot com or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Alan Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.